This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. Brightly, we're all about caring for every creature, large and small, which is why we love Save the Duck. Creating outerwear products with a strong respect for people, animals, and the environment is something the brand has gotten very good at. Like the name implies, Save the Duck has saved over 18 million ducks with its Plumtech technology. That's a lot of ducks. Protecting animal welfare is in the brand's DNA, and all of their products are 100% animal-free. Save the Duck avoids the use of any material that may have caused suffering or harm to animals. And it doesn't stop there. The brand also donates 1% of its profits to support charity initiatives that protect our animal friends, people, and the planet. Plus, Save the Duck also became the first fashion company in Italy to achieve the B Corp certification. If you're looking for your next favorite outerwear brand that loves animals, people, and the planet as much as you do, you're in luck. Good Together listeners get 10% off by using the code BRIGHTLY at savetheduckusa.com. That's S-A-V-E-T-H-E-D-U-C-K-U-S-A dot com. Spooky season is almost upon us. That means it's time to bring out the pumpkins, cobwebs, and your creativity. With Halloween right around the corner, most of us are already thinking about Halloween planning, how to decorate, what spooky treats to make, and how to choose the perfect costume. Although fun, one of the scariest things about this holiday is the amount of waste accumulated each year from things like plastic decorations and throwing out old costumes. Last year, Lisa and I talked about 10 eco-friendly ways to have a more sustainable Halloween, and we thought it was the perfect time to share this episode again in case you're looking for a little inspiration. Take a listen. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? Good. I know today we have a really fun topic. Yes, it's all things eco-friendly and sustainable Halloween. Really fun. Ooh. Yeah, we need to put some corny sound effects in here. Maybe we can oh, do that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, it's funny uh, or it's not funny. It's kind of um, interesting that we have been getting questions from our community. You know, uh, you you guys, I should remind you, you can email us at hello at brightly.eco. You can DM us on uh, on TikTok and Instagram. So we've been getting questions from people about how to have Halloween sustainably. We've shared a few tips already on Instagram, on TikTok.
TikTok as well. But here we wanted to, for our audio listeners, we wanted to go and um, share this with you, podcast listeners. Yeah. And the thing that I love about Halloween, well, there's a lot of things I love about, but the main thing is that it's always, to me, been the biggest holiday for reuse and thinking creatively about what you have already. Whereas I feel like Christmas, Valentine's Day, a lot of the holidays that surface uh, gifts and sort of this present-related um, thing, Halloween never's been like that to me. It's been it's been much more focused on having fun, having costumes that are reused, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, and then you know the candy part is is you know probably the most I think problematic as you're trying to go through it from a conscious consumerism perspective. But yeah, that's why I was really excited for us to do this episode. Uh, We also have three main articles about Halloween up on brightly.eco right now. So you can go find them by searching Halloween um, and we'll, you know, these will be available on, on the platform. Exactly. Yeah, I, you're exactly right. Halloween is like one of the few kind of American traditional holiday that it's more about experience than about buying stuff, right? And presents. So yeah, let's dig into like the 10 uh, or probably more. I know Laura has tons of more Halloween tips for you guys. So uh, some eco-friendly ways to celebrate Halloween. Yes. And I want to preface this by saying I grew up in a neighborhood in Texas that was known for the way we would celebrate holidays. So at Christmas time, um, all of the different streets would get together and do various themes by street. So there was like a Disney street, like they were crazy about Christmas, but they were also crazy about Halloween. And so I grew up with like a big Halloween culture. I would say now, I mean, right now, my family, um, we don't have kids yet, so we haven't had as much Halloween fun uh, lately, I feel like, but maybe soon. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the neighborhood that I just moved into actually has all of the houses around me have so many decorations up already. They, I feel like it was like October 1st and they did it. And my theory this year is that Halloween is going to be crazy because to me, it's like the ultimate social distance activity, right? You're like walking around outside with friends. And, you know, one, I'm sure one thing that most people will do, uh, my family included is we're going to just like put the treats that we choose to put out on the doorstep so that people don't have to be like touching our door and like Mm -hmm. necessarily getting too close. So that's one thing that we're going to do, but yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully this is a holiday that people can kind of um, take a break from the scariness of the world. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just thought about something. It's pretty random. But you know how, uh, I don't know, is it true that if you don't have, uh, you know, sweets and treats for Halloween, they can like TP your house or something? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you are. But yes, <laughs> I think it just depends. I don't really remember that being too prevalent where I grew up. But I know that, yeah, there's always a lot of pranksters. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I suppose as far as like pranks, we didn't even think we we're going to talk about that. But I suppose toilet paper isn't the worst thing you could be throwing around, like at least it yeah. would dissolve. But I mean, come on, people don't do don't do pranks. <laughs> no, I was just thinking because since we're living through interesting pandemic times, I don't think people will be throwing away toilet paper as easily. Oh, as my God. That's so good. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. And it's like, maybe people just go collect the toilet paper because they're yeah. out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, more sustainable, I have to say. <laughs> well, speaking so, of decorations, right? Yeah. I think toilet paper could be seen as a decoration if you really want to mummify your house. But I feel like 
Halloween, just even with the traditional pumpkin, right? With the the gourd, you know, it's a gourd <laughs> um, that you can literally go out, buy at a grocery store. You can go to a pumpkin patch, which I didn't get a chance to do that this year. I haven't done that in a long time, but it is really fun to go out and like pick your pumpkin um, and kind of have, excuse me, the start to, to, to fall in that way. But I feel like mm-hmm. it's really cool that you can go purchase an item and then reuse it later versus having to go out and purchase something that's plastic, right? Exactly. Yeah. And talking about pumpkins, um, as you know, uh, obviously, I, I feel like pumpkins, you know, we only start thinking about pumpkins when it's fall and it's Halloween, right? Yeah. And then we kind of forget about them. But uh, there are more than 2 billion pounds of pumpkins grown in the U.S. every single year. And according to the U.S. Department of Energy, 1.3 billion out of this, this is 65% of the pumpkins we grow, are eaten, are uneaten and sent to landfill. I did not know mm. this figure, but it's crazy. Yeah. So there's more, much more reason uh, for us to talk about how can you uh, use your pumpkins for Halloween and then keep on using it, eating it. Uh, how can we kind of prolong the life and actually use all of the pumpkins that we are buying and producing? Yeah, for sure. So one thing that we like to do with our pumpkins um, at my house, and of course, I'm going to be even more conscious of this as now we're really thinking through um, our, our waste, but one of the things we like to do is cook with pumpkins. So, yep. you know, you of course, everybody thinks like pumpkin pie, which is relatively hard to make. Like you have to deal with the crust and everything. And so a lot of people just kind of think, I don't have time for that. No, but you could. If you are going to make a pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving, um, you could reuse, you could freeze the pumpkin um, and, and kind of pull it back out when it's time for Thanksgiving. Uh, I like to make my own pumpkin spice latte syrup. So um, I, you do that. There's a bunch of different recipes online, but you basically take pump, pureed pumpkin, or in this case, pumpkin that you can get out of the, you know, the gourd itself. You mash it up and then you, you know, boil it with the spices and the sugar to make your own pumpkin spice latte. Because I feel like that's the other reason people think of pumpkins now. In exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can also use it in dog treats. It's oftentimes used in dog treats. Um, it's actually good for like their, their digestive system. So if you're into making your own dog treats, do that. That's awesome. And um, we do have a post about how to reuse your pumpkins after Halloween up on the website by one of Brightly Scouts, um, Anna Simonson. So one of the interesting things I, uh, I learned from her post is that obviously you're thinking about composting, right? That if you, you really don't know how to use it, um, you kind of cooked everything you could from uh, from the pumpkin uh okay thinking about the composting she mentioned this interesting resource is called share waste it's a platform that connects people who are unable to compost their organic waste with others who do compost so basically uh you would get in touch with someone like me for example who have a small garden and have like a little composting thingy uh if you don't have it yourself i didn't know about that resource yeah, I, I loved her um, her thoughts on that because I also didn't know it as well. I think we talk frequently about Facebook groups, so like buy nothing Facebook mm-hmm. groups. So that's yeah. probably another good way to connect with people. Um, you can also take that pumpkin uh, residue, um, you know, or really the leftover parts of the pumpkin, and you can, you know, use them for beauty products. Um, so pumpkin is actually really high in vitamins A and C. So it could be really good to use for like, a homemade face mask, which I love that people are kind of getting back into that because I think 
the environmental mm-hmm. impact of sheet masks is pretty crazy. Um, so just make your own masks, please. <laughs> um, and you can also like, there's just really interesting things you can do with the actual pumpkin itself. Once you've hollowed out the, um, mm-hmm. the insides of it, if you will, like you can, use it as storage for stuff in your garden um, and animals will like to kind of just come and, and take away the rest of it. And yeah, I mean, I think, I guess the, the one thing I want to caveat is if you're going to reuse your pumpkin, um, make sure that you don't hollow it out like a jack-o'-lantern and then expect to eat it later, right? Like it, that's going to cause mm-hmm. the pumpkin to go bad. So what you want to do is you know, you're, you hollow it out anyway, most of the time in the course of doing the jack-o'-lantern. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit more about the designs where they like preserve some of the pumpkin in there. Like the second you cut into it, you're going to be exposing it to the elements. And as we all know, they can go bad pretty quickly. So all of these tips make sure that you're, you're kind of getting that flesh out of the pumpkin um, before you let it sit around. Yeah, my favorite tip from her was uh, to make a biodegradable growing trays, which is interesting. So basically, again, when you can use pumpkin carcass to plant seeds, I didn't think about that. And just fill them up with soil, just with any planter you have, and put your seeds in there. Um, and I think, yeah, when it biodegrades, I'm assuming you can just literally stuck it into, stuck it into soil directly. Yeah, I mean, I cool. would assume. That's cool. yeah. yeah. She has a lot of cool ideas. Uh, all right. I know, Laura, we had another interesting article about bats. Uh, I was very surprised by it <laughs> to learn about kind of like, oh, I guess um, we cleaned out bad, bad rap for bats, right? Uh, which was very interesting. Yeah. And so obviously bats, you can have bats as decor in your house from like a plastic perspective <laughs> yeah, or yeah. a painting. Please don't go get a pet bat only for, for Halloween. That doesn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) but yes, one of the reasons we asked, um, one of our scouts to write an article about bats was because there is a lot of, um, you know, anxiety and angst put towards bats. People can be kind of scared of them. Like, you know, of course this starts from the vampire, uh, superstitions and the fact that quote unquote bats drink blood and, and all of these <laughs> things. And they, you know, there's really not, <laughs> there's really not a, um, you know, this, this myth just doesn't exist. Like the bats typically don't bite humans. I mean, it's not like it's never happened ever before, but, um, you know, only three, um, bat species out of over 1400 bat species drink blood. <clears throat> so, those are called the vampire bats and they, you know, feed on mammals blood, but it's mostly in central and South America. So we don't need to be worried about that. What we do want to do with our bats is be friendly to them. Uh, Bats are really core to the environmental ecosystem. As we know, I actually uh, went to school at the university of Texas in Austin and Every night you can actually see the bats. There's a bunch of bats in the city of Austin and they will fly around. There's various places you can look at them in their sort of bat. I don't know what the term for it, bat cloud. (laughs) I don't know, but you can see them flying around and it's so beautiful and spectacular. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of bats are listed as critically endangered. I think the statistic was over 200 of these uh, bat species are listed as critically endangered or vulnerable. And of course, they very much like our birds and bees friends, which by the way, we do have a previous episode talking about 
um, our birds and bees, um, you know, and how they're really key to our environmental ecosystem. Bats also feast on similar foods that um, our birds and bees do. So they're also kind of this canary, if you will, for understanding if an environment is not very great for animals anymore. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. And it's very, yeah, I, again, I, I feel like bats have like really bad reputation, but really we don't, I think I just certainly didn't know much about any other facts um, besides what we're learning, you know, about Halloween, scary books and things like that. So that was very educational for me. Yeah. And I well, mean, you can like when you're out trick or treating or you're, you know, at a Halloween party, although are people doing that this year? I don't know. But <laughs> um, in the future, you can just kind of talk about this with your friends like i think it's pretty interesting <laughs> exactly no i think it's really cool yeah good conversation starter or whatever um so let's talk let's go back to halloween decor again no plastic bats uh ideally right yes no plastic um, please if you can yeah exactly no plastic in general uh so with everything halloween decor or any decor we really you know would love uh, to encourage everyone if you can to kind of focus on high on quality pieces that you will uh, use for many years to come. Ideally, of course, DIY, and we'll talk a bit uh, more about uh, some specific ideas. But just like reusing or repurposing stuff that you already have, we actually had really cool and very, very easy idea from one of our scouts, Amanda Yumi. She posted this um, actually just yesterday about her kind of zero-waste Halloween decor. Uh, she received a box in this perfect Halloween color, uh, something that she ordered online, I guess. And all she did, she did a garland to, that says Happy Halloween uh, with a cutout from this box paper. You know, so such a super easy idea. And I know I am definitely not the most creative one, but if you're getting an orange box, <laughs> you know, I think it screams Halloween at you. Yeah, right? and I feel like there's such a temptation for people, I mean, myself included. We talk a lot about like Target. I don't go to Target a ton, but when you go, they have all of these decor options around for oh, various ready, holidays for waiting for you right they're like right when you walk in the door and there's the, you know these like little I don't know bats to put in a cupcake or there's skeletons um which by the way we we have the funniest skeleton meme on our brightly instagram you have to check it out I won't spoil it but it's hilarious um <laughs> about skeletons but anyway all of these decor items are just like sitting there and they're like, please pick me, you know? And you're like, well, I love Halloween. I want to have this cool decor, but choosing to do go the DIY method is rewarding because you get to do something uh, that with your hands, which I think everybody really likes to just make things, even if it's not perfect. So don't be too much of a perfectionist. We all have a lot more time on our hands right now. Like turn this into an opportunity to like a, avoid having to go to a crowded store if you're trying to avoid that and avoid other folks right now, understandably. B, you get to do something fun with your hands. And C, you get to reuse stuff. Like it's To me, it's like really win-win. And I love that we think back to like the first time we started crafting as children. Think about the, the materials that you used. A lot of times it was paper and cardboard and all of these things that are, you know, much easily, um, more easily recycled than plastics. It's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. I was actually just looking at them like, wait, I have tons of like brown boxes, obviously, you know, from all the online shopping, mm -hmm. grocery delivery, whatnot. Um, I was like, okay, I can do a cutout using my brown box, but and then spray paint, you know, the paper. Again, I'm not sure if spray paint is a great option in terms of the environment, but it's another way if you don't have the perfect, you know, 
orange box or something like this. Well, you can also uh, use um, low VOC paints and more environmentally friendly water-based paints. So typically mm-hmm. spray paint is not really the best just because of the the compounds that they use, um, both like getting into the environment and the ecosystem, but then also just, it's not just great in general, but like you can find water-based paints very easily around. I mean, you know, for me, it always comes back to like packaging and I'm like, oh man, like you go to a craft store and just everything's covered in plastic. But, you know, you can always get, there's like paint sets that have a bunch of different colors within one container. So anyway, yes, paint it, like get creative. There was actually somebody shared on um, our uh, 10 ways to have the eco-friendly sustainable Halloween article up on the site. Uh, one of the things, the crafts that we feature is this mason jar lid pumpkin, which is yeah. super cute. I have so many mason jars and I guarantee you listeners have a ton of mason jars too, which is like the sign of the times. And I have a bunch of like lids that are just don't have a mate. Like it's just, they just hang out and I literally have a giant bag full of them. So this craft literally takes mason jar lids, like the the metal part, mm-hmm. and then you paint them. So again, like thoughtful paint. Um, and then you, you kind of get them together and it looks like a little centerpiece. And it, the cool thing is with this, you can actually reuse that for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving oh, also true, yeah. has gourds. So like if you avoid the temptation to put a face on it, then you could, Hey, multi-purpose, multi-use, right? <laughs> Here at Brightly, we're all about caring for every creature, large and small, which is why we love Save the Duck, Creating outerwear products with a strong respect for people, animals, and the environment is something the brand has gotten very good at. Like the name implies, Save the Duck has saved over 18 million ducks with its PlumTech technology. That's a lot of ducks. Protecting animal welfare is in the brand's DNA, and all of their products are 100% animal-free. Save the Duck avoids the use of any material that may have caused suffering or harm to animals. And it doesn't stop there. The brand also donates 1% of its profits to support charity initiatives that protect our animal friends, people, and the planet. Plus, Save the Duck also became the first fashion company in Italy to achieve the B Corp certification. If you're looking for your next favorite outerwear brand that loves animals, people, and the planet as much as you do, you're in luck. Good Together listeners get 10% off by using the code BRIGHTLY at savetheduckusa.com. That's S-A-V-E-T-H-E-D-U-C-K-U-S-A dot com. Time and time again, you texted, emailed, and DM'd us for our take on a planet-friendly way to purchase our tried and tested Brightly favorites. Because while the world of conscious consumerism is exploding, making mindful, planet-friendly purchases can still be a challenge. That's where the Brightly shop comes in. To reduce some of the eco-overwhelm, every product we sell has been hand-picked and vetted by the Brightly team. You won't find anything in the shop that has less than five stars. We've gone through hundreds of eco products to discover new and emerging brands that solve sustainability problems for you every day. We even designed our own products like beeswax wraps to keep things fun and to help you live brightly. So how do we help you shop sustainably? The shop launches on the first Monday of each month and is open for five days. So the shorter planet-friendly shopping window allows us to only order what we need. After the shop closes, we pack and ship out products in bulk. This low-impact supply chain reduces waste and keeps the planet happy. 
Brightly is also climate neutral certified. Because we are committed to climate action, we have set our entire carbon footprint from operations to shipping. We believe in the power of collective change, and we are so glad you're joining us on this journey. Go to shop.brightly.eco to see what's in store. Yes, somebody else, I think one of our scouts uh, suggested a DIY spiderweb tutorial too, which again, we are linking in the article in the show notes. You will see that too. Um, And I think another idea, which I really like, and I think super easy for everyone to make is like to transform your milk jugs into ghost lanterns, right? Mm. So Laura, if I'm understanding, you're just taking your, the milk jug, you know, the big plastic ones. And in this case, right, again, how to prolong the life of your milk plastic jugs, the big ones. Um, and then I think they're just basically painting it with, um, you know, the markers, right? With different faces, uh, with, uh, with black markers. And then of course, inside they're putting the lanterns and of course, ideally you choose the LED, LED, uh, lights too. Yeah, no, it's, it, they're really cute. And again, like there's so many fun opportunities to craft for Halloween. I feel like even more than other holidays. So Bottom line is if you're going to put Halloween decor out, which we do encourage, right? Have fun. Um, just, just get creative with like waste and, and things that you already have in your house. Like you'd be super surprised. And I, I think on that note, it's a really good segue into Halloween costumes, right? Like I feel like there used to be this um, culture. And of course, um, among a lot of people, there still is a huge culture of going to big box Halloween stores that sort of magically appear in your neighborhood. I don't know about you, but I've noticed a bunch popping up lately. And, you know, you walk down the aisles and I mean, I literally get a headache when I go into those places because of all the PVC. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but I'm I'm pretty sensitive to smells. And it's like, oh, my God, like there's so much waste happening here. I don't even know what to think. And then you you kind of endlessly wander through these aisles to find a costume. The one that you usually want is is out in your size, of course. And if you happen to find one that you like, they cost a ton of money. They cost, you know, they can cost. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got pulled out some statistics. Apparently every year, Americans spend nine billion dollars on Halloween. Um, And this is this was actually from 2018. So probably 2020 is going to be higher. Mm -hmm. That's according to RRF, National Retail Federation. So it's about $87 per person, right? And out of the $9 billion total, $3.2, so the biggest chunk goes to costumes. That was going to be my question, yeah. So yeah. most of it's mm-hmm. costumes. That's really interesting. It's pretty evenly sp- split. 3.2 on costumes, $2.7 billion decorations, mm-hmm. and 2.6 on candy. So it's pretty evenly split, interestingly. Okay. But yeah, I mean... To pay like nine, well, ninety dollars it's overall, but to pay like even fifty dollars on something that you're only going to wear once—that's expensive. Oh, it's so expensive. And so here's here's a few things that you can do to to kind of cut down on the costume waste, both from a physical perspective, but then also a financial perspective. We talk a lot about how these tips that we share for conscious consumers in addition to being better for the planet, they're better for your wallet. Like just save your money, like spend it on something that you really want and you're going to have around for a while. So one thing that I think is so interesting is, is a DIY costume. And so I'm talking literally about going through your house, not even going to the thrift store, which we'll talk about in a second, but going through your house and putting things together to make a costume. So one of my favorite ones I've seen, and I, I hope somebody does this because it's hilarious, 
I once went to a party where somebody had, they were just like dressed in their regular clothes. It was a guy. And then he had taken cereal boxes. Um, there was like, you know, Cocoa Puffs and like he kind of had the, the recognizable brands. He emptied them out to where they were just like the hollow cardboard part. Mm-hmm. And then he had put holes in them with like red paint. So it kind of looked like they had been like stabbed and he was a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love kind of like creative, funny ideas, yeah. you know, I, mean, I can't claim and say that I ever come up with something that funny, but yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you can be punny and, and silly and get really creative and just walking around. I mean, another one that I've seen has been, um, where is Waldo, where you just get a striped shirt and, you know, as many striped things as you possibly can and put them on your body. <laughs> yeah. Something we've just actually shared on our Instagram and is, of course, Rosie the Riveter. Kind of very brightly, very, uh, you know, about women empowerment and something that you can easily put together from just like denim that you have in your house. That's you awesome. Know? I love that idea. And I thought it was super yeah. cute when we shared it. The- the only time that I actually um, literally kind of thoughtfully put together a costume, we, we went to like this kind of 1920s show uh, here in San Francisco. It's kind of like experiential theater. Oh, cool. So you almost like inside the show anyway. So it's not Halloween, but we had to dress up in the 1920s uh, style. And of course, I have nothing like that. We, of course, we went to, uh, you know, thrift shops. They're famous in San Francisco. They're on Hate Street. You know, there's tons of like actually kind of antique original dresses which are beautiful but they're so expensive anyway so i ended up just like wearing my kind of black dress um uh, long black dress my regular black shoes or something like that um i oh my friend did buy me something from amazon unfortunately i have to confess like the the hair piece feather thing Uh, yeah. yeah. And then I bought just kind of like the only thing, the other thing I bought was that, um, it's kind of like, um, something like a shawl kind of a black shawl, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel bad about buying it because I kind of knew that, you know, eventually I can reuse it for some other, uh, you know, costume. So it's not just 1920s. I think I just found it some regular thrift. Sh- I think it was from a thrift store. So I, I kind of, when I, buying it, I knew that I can use it through like multiple different outfits for different occasions. Yeah, that was going to be my next tip, which is if you're if you're going on ha- around your house and you can't find what you're looking for, figure out how you could get, you know, 50% of what you need at a thrift store or, you know, yep. that other 10 to 20%, maybe those accessories you do buy from from an Amazon or from um, you know, a store. But I think you can layer those purchases, which is really cool. Exactly. And thrift mm-hmm. stores are great for that. So yeah, you might not be able to find everything you need when you go out to a thrift store, but you mm-hmm. you can go do that, do that, um, you know, that tip, which I think is super interesting. And then the final tip that we had was a costume swap. So we talk a lot about clothing swaps here on Brightly, but um, you know, I think good together listeners and our ambassadors have been pinging us and being like, I want to go to a costume swap. And so you can literally just the same thing that you do with a clothing swap. You get some friends together and you bring old Halloween costumes and you swap them around. So, I mean, I feel like that's a great thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ex- exactly. And, you know, the, the cool part about that is like the same costume, the same outfit, uh, outfit as we all know, looks completely different on different people. And especially if you add a few kind of tricks uh, and accessories of your own. Some people won't even recognize a costume. Totally. And you know, the other thing too is you can be the same character more than one year. 
yeah like you don't have to be a new character every year I mean my dog is a pumpkin every year and she's adorable <laughs> <laughs> every single year like so you don't have to go out and get anything new you could literally use what you had before if you if you want to so there you go <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about eco-friendly trick-or-treating, especially in this year. Um, I know, Laura, you have some ideas already. And yeah, it's not just about, you know, uh, plastic wrapped uh, candies anymore. There's so many other options there. There's a bunch of other options. Um, Before we get into it, I want to mention that a lot of times parents, especially parents of young children who potentially have allergies, um, can get scared off of, you know, homemade treats or items that aren't wrapped in plastic because of hygiene issues. So that's one thing we want to call out before we keep, before we start going, because it's been brought up a few times and we totally hear you. Um, My answer to that, if you're really looking to uh, reduce your plastic waste by, uh, you know, putting things out on your, your stoop for trick-or-treaters is you can do fruit. I know like kids typically don't love that, but fruit does not need to be wrapped in plastic, like apples and those cuties, little mandarin oranges, things like that. And, um, you know, that I think to me is like the ultimate hack for, you know, wanting to, to give something to trick-or-treaters and not wanting to have plastic. Um, a few other ideas that we had were with uh, Halloween candy alternatives. And then Lisa, you can talk about like more candy options, but other, other alternatives we had were just typical snack items. So, uh, fruit leather, like natural fruit leather, that's organic. That's really kind of a sweet treat. I would be hard pressed to find a parent out there who does not just you know, who, who makes sure that they, uh, their, their kids have uh, unlimited fruit leather, like that never happens. <laughs> it's very sugary and like makes kids hmm. go off the walls. So that's a good idea. Um, popcorn. I make popcorn pretty much every day. I'm a popcorn girl and I do, um, we just get the kernels and I have one of those popcorn poppers. So I don't, it is a really cool zero waste snack. If you're giving it out, that's kind of where I mentioned there's a little bit of a gray line where, you know, if mm-hmm. you like to try and they definitely have little uh, paper bags that you can buy that are, you know, recyclable and you can pop some popcorn and, and put them in paper bags. By all means, try it if you'd like to. Um, like I said, people may or may not take it for, for, for different reasons, but you can try. And then if you don't, people don't take it, well, then you can eat the popcorn yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as we learn from our conscious eating episode, I personally did not know that popcorn is actually a pretty healthy snack. I think Laura, you probably knew that, right? Yes. Um, it's super low in, you know, calories, depending on what you put on it. I like to drizzle some olive oil and a little bit of salt on there and it's super satiating. You can also go the other route with sweet and put a little bit of sugar on there, but typically you can eat a decent amount of popcorn and have very little, um, you know, calorie impact there. You also, it's also very packed fiber. So yeah, it's a pretty healthy snack. You would, wouldn't think so better, much better than potato chips. I'm a big, I love salty snacks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same, same here. Well, and of course I think the easiest probably Halloween for me, at least, um, eco-friendly Halloween candy alternative would be just looking for fair trade options. Right. Yeah. I think in any, uh, you know, main big chain store right now, you should uh, be able to, uh, uh, find at least a couple of Halloween. I don't know if they do specifically Halloween themed like chocolates or candies, but you, you should 
should see at least a couple of fair trade chocolate brands in your stores, whether it's a local small store or it's a big chain store anywhere in the country. Yes. Uh, so I'm really happy that, you know, kind of fair trade is becoming the norm. Yes, they are more pricey. We explained that in just our previous episode. Um, Two episodes ago, since October is fair trade month, so I think it's a perfect uh, kind of perfect reason uh, to opt uh, into a fair trade chocolate for Halloween candies. Yeah, and you can actually, uh, I remember, I think last year, the year before, I went on the hunt for fair trade, like Halloween specific chocolates, and the only place I could find them, unfortunately, was Amazon, and they were super expensive, so I ended up not um, getting them. I was excited to see that Target now does actually, certain Targets have, I think it's from, I'm trying to remember the brand. It's called Eco. Alter Eco. Alter Eco. I think that's it. I think it's Alter Eco. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, if you just search for fair trade um, Halloween chocolate, you can you can definitely find them online. Um, at this point, it's probably what it's, by the time the episode goes out, it will probably be too late to, to order them. But, you know, you can you can do it that way too. Um, finally, you can, of course, just get the the regular stuff from your uh, local grocery store if you can't find anything else and you really want to give stuff out to kids. Like, we're not trying to guilt trip you, but I do think it's interesting to think through, I mean, the the chocolate perspective. And we, we've, of course, done episodes and articles about the, um, you know, the chocolate industry and how it's very problematic from that perspective. And we've also... I think hopefully instilled a sense of waste creation in you as you think through that. Cause yeah, it's just not something I, I certainly thought about growing up nor really until we, we started down this journey together. So it, it's pretty exactly. interesting. Yeah. And I, I think like with every episode and, and I appreciate that our community understands it too, is that, you know, we're here to give you ideas, but we, most importantly, we are learning with you guys. Right. And so all of these ideas, I think it's totally important to recognize that even Laura and I, uh, and it's totally normal. Like you might not be able to hop on any of these ideas this Halloween, right? But even if you just start to think about this um, different alternatives, and maybe you try it a few tips next year. Again, that's it's a slow it's a slow process. At least it's um, you know with um, sustainable living in general, that's definitely been a, a slow process for me, and I think that's okay, right? Absolutely. And just uh, again, we always talk about your values, but also your values. Um, focus on those and see like, what's the easiest thing? What's the most realistic thing for you to try right now? And that's it. That's the first step. Absolutely. Yeah. We, you don't have to be perfect to get started, uh, you know, on this journey. So I love that, Lisa. Uh, So the final tip that we had was choosing um, reusable treat containers. So again, like alongside the the thought of trying to reduce your plastic waste with your decor and your, um, you know, the, the treats you're giving out, a lot of people will typically buy, you know, these plastic jack-o'-lantern trick-or-treat buckets. Now, if you have one already, what's what are we going to say? Use it again. <laughs> don't yes, use it for twenty years, please. Use it forever. But if you don't have one, or you're looking to, you know, add another one to your collection, if you will, there's all sorts of really just things you can find around the house to go trick-or-treating with, and you can DIY it and make it look really fun. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to just be like a pillowcase. I think some people grew up with pillowcases, um, you know, uh, bringing those out while they go trick or treating, you can make them fun, right? Like get the paint out, have a, have a good time. (laughs) 
pillowcases. I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> pillowcases. So like literally you take, you know, you take the pillowcase empty um, and then you just take it around. Like it's like oh. a bag. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can find so many containers in your house. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, that can be. Especially if you've been oh, watching the, um, that Netflix show. Um, I forget what it's called. It's with all the organizing and they have so many so many containers that they use to organize things, which is oh, you know, it to would, watch, would but it's all plastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how you guys um, go mushroom picking, but in Russia, when we go mushroom picking, we use those big wicker baskets. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a great, like, and they're big, you know what I mean? You can get a lot of candies in there. And um, yeah, it, I think a lot of times... Oh, I have another great idea. Sorry, I'm coming up on, with ideas on the spot. But, um, you know, there is a lot of um, bolga baskets. Have you heard oh, of those? Yes. Bolga yes. baskets from Ghana. Um, they are fair trade. You can find them on a lot of fair tra- from a lot of fair trade companies. Uh, some of them you can find them um, on, uh, on Brightlist platform. So, yeah, it's called Bolga Baskets. You will probably see them even in some of your local stores, right? I know, uh, I'm not sure if Whole Foods sells that, but I have seen it in a bunch of, like, local, smallish stores here around the Bay Area. But they're beautiful. They're hand-woven. You can use them as decor pieces for your house. You can put fresh flowers in there, of course, with, like, a glass vase inside. You can put, like, blankets and magazines in there. And they they come in different uh, sizes and shapes, and they would be... Uh, they make really cool trick-or-treating uh, accessory. Yeah, will. that's a great idea. I love that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we wanted to keep this really quick and fun. So we'll we'll wrap it up now. But again, for us, the the main theme here is as we go into the holiday season, whether we're talking about Halloween or you know Thanksgiving and Christmas, Hanukkah, etc., all coming up, uh, we want to make sure that you, as a conscious consumer, don't feel like you have to go out and acquire a bunch of new things. Like you probably already have a decent amount of these things at home. And then also, you know, just be a bit more mindful about when you do those purchases. And I I just think it's just an interesting mindset to get into, right? Exactly. No, uh, this, I think it's definitely, and, uh, we're, you know, our podcast is already, uh, over a year old. I think <laughs> this is the best time to start being mindful. This is very important to become mindful consumer around holidays because, you know, we want to kind of delight each other and our family members. We want to give amazing gifts. We want to have the most beautiful decorated house for our families and friends. Um, but yeah, if you do this mindfully, if you survive uh, through holiday season in a mindful way, you can actually create a massive, massive impact. And of course, we'll kind of dig into more details about this in the upcoming episodes. Great. All right. Well, this was fun. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. 
If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.